you're muted. I can't hear you. Mute. Now I can hear you. Okay. Sorry. See, so it's happened when you go away. <laughs> you just don't know what to do. But um, this is Tea Time with Robin. We are back. Sorry for the mishap, you guys. You know, yeah. sometimes Mother Nature happens and she just puts <laughs> you down on your back. So, <laughs> but I am back. We are back. And Robin is here with us as well. How you doing, Robin? I'm doing great. Good it's to see good. you. It's good to see you. I missed you. I know, man. I missed you. And this is the part of the season, you know, where everything is just kind of quiet. Yes. And you hope it stays that way, right? I want it to stay quiet because I don't want no more of um, the Josh Allen and uh, Stefan Diggs talk. I'm over it. Pew, pew, pew. Like and that's, um, it, it's, there's always something, it seems like, during the month of July, in the weeks leading up to training camp, that's sort of a narrative or an overhang that sort of thing. And this year it's that situation with Stefan Diggs and, and Josh Allen, which I don't know how many times Josh Allen has to say it's, you know, it's not, it's a non issue. Right. But. I mean, they're going to be watching this non issue for the whole, <laughs> for the whole season, because if Stefan Diggs doesn't get targeted, you think he was upset because he only got 10 targets this this season or this game. So it's going to be, it's just, I just, you know what, when you're good, things happen. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And, and, and really what else is there to talk about? And so what are, what are we talking about? Uh, yeah. And I don't, it, at this point, I don't even engage with a lot of media stuff mm -hmm. because of that, because it just doesn't seem like it's not productive. It's not, it's not. I mean, when Stefan Diggs tweet, tweets something, I will, you know, retweet it with like, what did he, Oh, he, he tweeted something about what is the right way to put lotion on. So what I did, I put a grant, uh, uh, a baby with lotion on, because I mean, that's what I'll do. Because I think I think it's just Stefan is just being Stefan when it comes to to that. So it, it, you know. I think he plays with Bill's mafia because he does. We, we're we're sensitive. We, I, it, yes, we like grasp onto every little thing that he says and try to reinterpret it like it's a ink blot or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things I want to bring up. Before we even get started today, mm -hmm. I just I just saw this on Twitter, the announcement that John Murphy. Yeah, I had that too. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, John Murphy is not going to be starting the season as play-by-play -play announcer, and that Chris Brown, who we all know and love from one. I of love him. Uh, will be continuing as an interim. Intern voice announcer and we all wish John Murphy and his family the very best. Yes. And yes. his continued recovery. 
But I will also say congratulations at the same time to, to Chris, Chris Brown. Brown. Because Chris, <clears throat> I think this has been kind of a lifelong dream of his. He's done play-by-play. -play. He used to do play-by-play -play for UB mm -hmm. years ago. So he's experienced. I don't think maybe our audience, our whole audience knows how experienced he is as a play-by-play person and i love his voice i, I do too personality i love his enthusiasm so, he is feisty is all hell like he, I, he's go. gonna assert his own personality right he he asserts his own personality it it comes through it's like if if chris brown tried to hold that back you know trying to hold back josh allen right you know it's just natural that's just natural talent that Chris Brown has, and I'm excited for him to be able to do more games. Yeah, I am too. When I seen that, I was like, I, I read the interim. I was like, oh, okay, hopefully John Murphy comes back, um, mm -hmm. praying for his family again. Yeah. Um, but I do, I love Chris Brown. I love him on one's bill, One Bill Drive. Him and Steve Tasker, their, their, their chemistry is just amazing. Um, mm -hmm. But I just remember last year when I want to say he, it was the first game he did and Murph was um, not in. And he yeah. took it, somebody took it to the house. I think it was Naheem. He took it to the house against the New, New England Patriots. And the way he sounded, and you could just, if you were watching or listening to it on the radio, you could you you could feel it like you were at the game. That's what he brings to to uh, commentating. So I'm excited for him. Congratulations on that. And uh, yeah, and again, prayers to John and his family again. But um, yeah, let's get into this because I think it's going to be a good topic today. We're going to get into culture mm -hmm. with the Buffalo Bills, and I know you wanted to speak about culture from your article. I do. I do. And part of the reason is because we talk about culture. It's a big buzzword now. I laugh because I wrote about it 20 years ago and people just laughed me out of off the Internet, practically, mm -hmm. because it was like, what, what, what's this culture stuff? You know, right. what, is, what does it even mean? So I wrote an article for the blog um, fanbase.com buffalofanbase.com and I wrote it about culture and the reason I did was because I knew we were going to do this show and I was thinking about it and I thought to myself well we have to have a definition of culture don't we don't we have to have kind of an understanding of what it means so I put together and excuse the psychobabble okay but <laughs> I I I put together what I believe is an adequate definition that we can think about in terms of what culture is. First of all, it involves the biopsychosocial. That means everything, your body, your mind, your spirit, all of it. The biopsychosocial bio environment around which behavior is shaped to meet specific criteria deemed acceptable behavior to a specific teen group, family, etc. Okay. And basically what I'm saying is it's, it's the 
it's the environment. It's the non-physical environment. It can also involve physical, but it all comes together in a way that the people around you shape what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. And that becomes what we would call a norm. All right. That's, that's the norm. So your norm, for example, in your household, it might be acceptable for people to do things or say things that in another household would be deemed, uh, uh, no, you can't do that. And so what your culture is, is that your group shaping and deciding for itself okay this is who we are this is who we this is what we represent this is our brand if you wanted to talk about i love the term today everybody brands this and brands that okay that's right. your, that's your brand okay and your brand is shaped by what behaviors are deemed acceptable by the people who are involved in whatever group you're talking about so if you, and I'll add to this, if you want to talk about, okay, what's the ethos or what's the culture of Buffalo? Mm-hmm. We hear that all the time. Okay, what's the, the Buffalo thing? Well, I had three terms that I would use to describe for Buffalo. Hardworking, blue collar. Okay, you see that over and over and over again. Compassionate. We are, and I say we, even though I haven't lived in Buffalo for 30 years. I consider our family, our tribe, our whatever, being very compassionate. We fund recreational programs. You know, we fund people's when when they need help. That's yeah. what we, we Lamar do. Jackson's, um, Joe Burrows, um, Tua, his grandma, Josh Allen. Yep. That sort of thing. And then the third term I would use to describe the culture, if you will, of, of Buffalo is loyal. We are loyal, loyal to a fault, <laughs> like really loyal to a fault. So those are the things that I just wanted to say as sort of the framework of what culture is and what it means and mm-hmm. maybe specifically uh, what it means to be Buffalo, if you will. And so the teams that you have are probably going to try to reflect that. You hope that your team reflects, reflects the city, what your yeah. community stands for. Right. And particularly in Buffalo, we're very concerned about how things look. They yeah. have to be, you know, they have to be just right. They have to be Buffalo. Because it's a small yeah. market and you're you're trying to bring in that top tier. Um, wide receiver, O lineman, whatever you're trying to put on your best face and put on your the the your best for that you know that particular player. But um, let me ask you this: Has the culture in Buffalo changed? Has the Bills stopped believing in the culture they built? No. Okay. I don't. I don't believe so. I believe what's changed more so are fans and fans' expectations. I don't think the team's really changed. I think since the big change happened when Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean came along and gutted the whole place, and it wasn't just the roster 
they gutted. They gutted the front office. Mm-hmm. They gutted everything. And the culture was immediately shifted to a completely different mindset. That part hasn't changed. It may have matured, if you will, in terms of it's evolved because everything evolves over time. Mm-hmm. But I think the fan base is much more uh, fickle. Yes. Okay. I like I that. mean, fickle. I like that word. That's a good word. Because I remember the, you know, the old Buffalo Bills. And I say old, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we were a joke. You know, players came here to get paid or retire. That was the old Buffalo Bills. Like if you go to the Buffalo, even players, even um, Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders said it. Mm-hmm. He was a players was not thinking about the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills were either you're going to get paid or you're going to, you're going to retire. Mm-hmm. Like they were not thinking about going to the Bills to start their careers or jump to start their careers. They weren't, they weren't, um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to say expectations now for the Bills is to win and to win it all. And I have nothing wrong with that. Um, and as this organization, when Sean and Brandon Bean came in, the slogan was trust the process. Are we gone past trusting the process? Hungry and humble. Have we gone past that? Like, where do you see Bill's mafia now? And I say, I say flickle becoming, I do, because I think we are, we are, our fan base, there's young fan base who hasn't seen the, the drought of 17. They don't understand that 17 drought. I understand it. You understand it. Um, they don't understand because we're winning now. They expect this winning culture. I do too. I do too, but things now are different. What 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 what's your mindset? Yes, very much the same as yours. The fan expectations again. I the trusting the process per se. I think the team does, and it it's it may have matured some, but we have to remember that every every year is different. Mm-hmm. Every roster is different. So different people emerge with different personalities and different issues that come and go along the way any given season. So the part of it, as far as team goes, I think the process to them is different than it, than the process is for, for a fan base. And our fan base is in a way different place than, than we were when the trust, the process first came out. Yeah, because trust the process is we had, um, oh my gosh, Tyrod Taylor trusting the process. And mm-hmm. like you said, like you mentioned, when Sean McDermott and them came in, they kind of gutted this this team. We backed into the playoffs. Sean, I'm pretty sure Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean didn't expect to go to the playoffs that first year. I didn't expect them to come in and, and do a playoff run at all no nope. because i just i didn't and i didn't know and you know that that shows you coaching right there because they coached those men up 
and they went in and they believed in themselves and they trusted the process to get a playoff berth. But I didn't expect the Bills to go into the playoffs their first year with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. And then the next season, they didn't make the playoffs. They were six and uh, nine, I think it was, or six and ten. How many games? Six and ten. Yeah. Forgot how many games they played. Um, But yeah, they didn't make it. But they also, the guys they wanted was the guys they wanted. And some of the guys on the team, they knew they didn't have the built. That wasn't what Sean McDermott men, the men that they wanted. So they took those guys out and brought the guys in. But um, even with Josh, we had to trust that process because there's there's also kids now, and I call them kids and I apologize, that if we have Josh Allen, we're good. Yeah, but you still need pieces. You know what I mean? So and they're not going to understand the the 17 or 19 quarterbacks that we had to go through to get to Josh, you know, so. No. Yeah, trusting the process is still should be a slogan because right now the Bills are not the darling anymore of the NFL. You know, so thank God. Yeah, I, I like it too. I'm not gonna lie. But speaking of darlings and speaking of you know Sean McDermott, who do you think has the pressure, the most pressure to perform this in in this season, and it's no ranking. I, I, Sean Allen or Ken Dorsey. Who do you think? I did rank them. Oh, did you? Okay, I did. I think the most pressure, in my mind, is obviously on on McDermott because he's okay. the head coach. Right. He's the leader of the pack. He's the one that's coming in and decided that he's going to take over the defense and call the plays. He's doing things a little differently this year than in the past. So I think the pressure is on him the most. Secondly, I would say Josh Allen. Because I really think this is a pressure year for him. How many times are you going to come close to getting there and have something happen where everything unravels at the very end and it doesn't happen? 13 And, you know, I mean, I don't want to go back and rehash all that pain either. But the bottom line is, I think now Josh is no longer the young guy developing. Yeah, he's going into sixth season. Yes, he is a grizzled veteran at this point. We know what he can do. I don't think, to be honest with you, that we've seen his ceiling yet. No, I don't think he's tapped into his, his, his high point. Like, I don't. Like ball security is it's still there for very important. Yeah. 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 And I I just actually, and I meant to send this over to you. I don't know if you uh, watched it or seen it that he was on busting with the boys and Mm -hmm. they were talking about um, his ball security and they were talking about, um, Oh my God, the Titans head coach Vrabel. No. Yes. Yes. And speaking about if Josh is out of the pocket and running with the ball is ball security you can, he's very um, careless with the ball mm-hmm. and how he rolls out more to his right than his left. Mm-hmm. And Josh was like, oh, really? <laughs> like, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think Josh also is picked on the fact that his ball security could be much better. Yes. You know, 
And anything Josh has done, anything that Josh has spoken about that he needs to improve in, he has he has improved in it the next season. He does. So, you know? Which is what you hope to see with somebody that has as much raw talent as he has. And it's what I saw in him, even as far back as Wyoming, that he would put his mind to doing something and that's exactly what he would do. And he mm -hmm. would be completely focused and that's what he would do. Well, here we are, you know, it's time you're going into your grizzled veteran status. As I believe McDermott told him, it was quoted that McDermott suggested to him that you have to pay attention to that window of opportunity that you have. Yeah. You only have so many years. If you have a goal, to win a championship, then the time is now. Right. And you know what? Uh, call me crazy. I kind of want to not, I mean, I want to know what a, what a veteran Josh kind of looks like. You know what I mean? I want to know what that is. Not a Aaron Rodgers type of a thing, but I really want to know. Cause I, I don't know. I still look, look at Josh, not as a rookie. I still look at Josh still continue to learn because at a certain age, when you're in the NFL, you are, your expectations is always going to be your expectations. But I think as a quarterback, you've seen defensives, you've seen what they can do. I, I look forward to seeing Josh now to read a defense like that and just be ready to pick it, pick every angle and be all right. You know? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's got to all um, come together, right? You know, it's got to mm -hmm. all come, kind of come together. And then, of course, Ken Dorsey, does he have pressure on him? Of course he does. Yeah. There are issues that were clearly glaring from his rookie season as an OC that he needs needed to work on. I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table. But I don't think the pressure on him is as significant or as, as much of a load as it is on McDermott and, and Josh Allen. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think I would just, I would go Sean Dorsey and then Josh Allen. But yeah, I think Sean, I think, and I, I do believe Sean enjoys the pressure because if anybody would have, I'll take on the, the, the defensive calling and the head coach. Anyone else would have been like, you know what, I'm going to hand it off. To, this is why I hired these guys to take that role. I'm going to allow them to do that. You know, I'm going to focus on head coaching jobs. I think he enjoys it. I think he's all in. And you see it when he talks about this defense. He has this spark and this kind of like the Joker mentality. Just wait. You know what I mean? It's just I, I, I find it fascinating that I, I just can't wait to see what it's going to look like oh, because I, I mean with you more about that because I believe this defense is going to be so much different than the Leslie Frazier bend don't break yeah and yeah. You're right you're so right when you yeah. see McDermott talk about being the defensive coordinator and calling plays his face lights up mm -hmm. this is going to be my defense Yes. And that's the other thing. I believe that the reason that he's doing this this year is he wants the full control. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to get it. 
backlash and all, whatever the case may be. And um, speaking of Sean McDermott, backlash and everything, the national media media has kind of turned on Sean for a little bit. So last week, we were supposed to do this pod last week and Sean McDermott and, um, oh my God, why am I having, Brandon Breen got the extension. Right, the contract extensions. So I don't know, there's, people are, some are happy, some are not. Some say this contract was already in the making. They just announced it when they announced it. Because, you know, sometimes they drop things just to give you jewels. I want to say this was already in the works. And they didn't even have to extend them because it was already extended to 2025, I want to say. Um, but how do you feel about them being extended to 2027? I think it's great. I think it's necessary. I think one of the things that it does is it provides a framework of stability for the organization because you know that these people who have done a great job, and, and here's my contention to those who would criticize McDermott or, or Bean for whatever reason, just look at their record. Just look at their record. And, and I love that you said that because speaking of the record, Sean McDermott is 20, what is it, 62 and 35. That's 639. Mm-hmm. And the postseason, he's four and five, I mean. And then career 66 to 40. So, I mean, for everyone who wants Sean McDermott to leave and to get another head coach, who do you? Who's out there? Who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? Like, who? From the fact that what happens when you keep changing coaches, and let me see, how many times yeah. did we change coaches before McDermott came along? You cannot get a culture, back to our topic, you cannot get a culture established if you're changing head coaches every yes. two or three years. You can't do it. Same thing for the Sabres. Yeah. You just keep changing yeah. coaches and they bring their own culture in, their own people in, their own, <clears throat> excuse me, mindset in. And if you keep changing, 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 you don't have a chance to get established. You don't get, you don't have, a, you don't have an identity. How do you have I, an I, identity? I know. I, and I just don't understand it. I like, yes, he wrote the 17 um, year drought. Six years, no playoffs. Like I said, four and fives in the playoffs. I mean, six years, no Super Bowl, my bad. Uh, four or five in the playoffs. I mean, it, they did a head coach power ranking, and Sean was rated 27th. They had uh, Michael um, McDaniel, Mike McDaniel, 14th. I think these power rankings and these lists in the offseason is for us as fans to get crazy because – of our team, our heck is clickbait, our players, whatever. I just think Sean was might have been too low on the list, but I'm I mean the list is the list, you know, and I, I don't think Sean cares where he's at on this list. It's more of fans caring. And for me, I don't really care. Sean broke the 17 um year drought for me, and we are in the playoffs several years. I'm happy. No, I'm not happy to where we're at every year. Right. But 
I don't know who, what other coaches out there that can do what Sean did exactly. right now. You know, I just need for, I do need for him to take a next step. I do, you know. Agreed. And one of the things that if we're going to be legitimately objective, if we're looking at Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and the staff, there's room for growth, in my opinion, in terms of converting their draft picks successfully, their earlier mm -hmm. round draft picks successfully. Yes. Because there's been some second round failures that I would say. Mm -hmm. I believe that their record is probably more successful in the seventh round than it is in the second round. Uh, when you think about some of the players like Dane Jackson that they've been able to pull out of the seventh round, that is probably the area, the only area that I would say could use some development, some further development. But uh, that's I like that you said that because I was, and I told you this off air, that I was on a pod with Jay Spence and we talked about draft picks mm -hmm. and the misses that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done and it's just like it's kind of an eye-opening because we went down like mm -hmm. the two i think of 2020 on to maybe been 19 to to now and i'm just like wow like there were some misses there and you and it definitely it they have to get better in that well yeah i mean we see what happens when when you repeatedly miss on on players the example I'm thinking of right now actually is Belichick in the mm. last few years. Yeah. He's not been able to develop a, a wide receiver to save his life. Right. And this is something, does that, okay. So does that mean that Belichick is, is horrible and that he's right. fired? Right, right, right. Give me a right. Again, again though, Robin, you know, we've been in, we've seen a lot. We are not these fickle <laughs> fickle fans to where all right three years that's it he's done i'm too old a player does not develop you got to get a player at least four years to develop some of these position groups don't even develop in the three years uh seriously i gotta stop you there because you make such a really good point that's why josh allen is who josh allen is today because he was properly developed now, right. ideally, he wouldn't have played at all during his rookie year. Right, right. You know, had we not had issues. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but it is, you know, it was what it was. And it did give Josh a lot of playing time. That and stability. Him. It did. It did. But what you said is true. And I will use Josh as an example. We all saw that he needed work on his mechanics. Oh, absolutely. Also, we all saw that. So what does he do during the off season? He goes and he works on his mechanics and he comes back and every year he's better Enjoy than he was the year before. And that's what you hope for a professional player. Yes. Is that they're yes. better than they were the year before. Right. As yeah. long as they can. Absolutely. Um, lastly, I got this. Um, so this Patriots reporter went on and said the reason the last 13 seconds, I told you the, the national media does not care about Sean McDermott anymore. I don't know what's going on. It's like a dumpster fire on Sean. Well, he came out and said that they turned, Sean McDermott took over the last 13 seconds in play calling. 
of the defense. And I say to that reporter, we will never know unless Tyler Bath, Leslie Frazier came out and Sean McDermott came out, we are never going to know. We can speculate just like we're going to speculate when it comes to Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. We will never know. But again, coming from the source, it's a Patriots reporter. So I'm like, we will never know. <laughs> Look at your face. If you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> Robin's face is with disgust right now. It's so I'm so disgusted. It that's so ridiculous. On top of the fact, here's my point. What difference does it make? Yeah. What difference does it make now? It's right. over with. Whoever did what that screwed up whatever, hopefully they learned from it. And if it was yes. McDermott, and I would, you know, I don't have any doubt that that's a possibility. And if it is, that's what I'm saying. So what? Yeah. Yeah. It, it has to get over these things. But you've also seen that Sean McDermott the next year was more aggressive when it came to play calling yeah. and also challenge calls. So yeah. he has improved. Exactly. And so I, yeah, I, I, I get <laughs> stuff because it's, it, it absolutely consumes some people. Yeah. To have to know what this was and who's responsible and who do we blame and and all that sort of thing. Well, I'm old enough, you know, we talk about being old. I'm old enough to be fossilized to the point where it just that stuff just doesn't even enter yeah. my skin. Right? It's it no, it's not worth getting all upset about what somebody might have done three or four years ago. It, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, but that being said, I have no more unless you have something else that you, but I do. Yes, you do. Plug it. I have, oh, what do I have to talk about? Your article from oh, training I, camp. <laughs> yes. Uh, check Which out. we're going to talk about next week as well. Training camp next week. Training camp. Oh, I better write that down. Hang yeah. on. Training camp. Okay. So, I don't really have much to conclude this. I do want to say one thing, though, about, about culture. Pay attention to what is going on and don't overreact to the minutiae. I will say this in terms of being concerned, you know, like John McDermott said about Stefan Diggs, I'm concerned. Right. Uh, well, I'm concerned mostly about Whatever it was that happened that upset Stefan Diggs, I really hope that that is an issue, as Josh says and McDermott says. Now, we haven't heard anything from Diggs, mm -hmm. anything that makes any sense anyway on, you know, how <laughs> right. just trying to dog people. But we, we, all, we all have to hope that there isn't any residual from yeah. that. I will, you know, I will say, I will say that does give me pause, mm -hmm. but we'll see, you know, training camp starts and, you know, you and I have been through this so many times. It, it becomes like the 30th most important thing by the second day of training camp. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. 
I think it will be, will be resolved during training camp. I don't think exactly. that will be an issue. So, yeah. But go out and, and um, check out Robin's um, article on fan base. Uh, www.buffalofanbase. That's fam, like F-A-M, family. Like fam, like we family. Yeah, <laughs> buffalofanbase.com. And yeah. thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I missed you. I missed you too. Yeah, man, this was definitely, fun. I missed it. It was fun and it was so, well, it's always relaxing when we're having a conversation. It's, it's never yeah. pressure, never pressure. I thank you. I thank you again. Yeah. And guys, this is Tea Time with Robin, episode 29, right? We're yes. Getting up there. 29, episode 29. We are getting up there. Yeah, so. This is going, it's going fast, but we'll see you next week. This will drop tomorrow in podcast form. So always, it's Go Bills. Go Bills. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Peace out, y'all. You have been listening to Tea Time with Robin. Go Bills.